could've been superstars Can't help it, now I'm reminiscing Remember when we were jacking cars Now you better keep your distance Cause it's not safe welcome, for you Welcome to the Hoop Dreamers Podcast I am joined today by another very special guest uh, This is your regular host, Elijah Williams This guy was, was born and raised in Orlando, Florida A former all-conference player in both the ACC and the SEC um, very great player at, at Virginia Tech and the University of Florida, going into his third year, playing overseas, now located in Japan. Everybody welcome the big fella, Big K, Kerry Blackshear. KJ, welcome to the show, my boy. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Me too, man. And I think this this conversation is is extremely important, and the topic topic of this will be centered around always making sure you know you're making the best decisions for yourself, and not just the hype decisions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There there are a lot of different brands and, and and programs and leagues out there that can make themselves seem like they're the best thing for you. It may seem like it's the best stage for you, but in reality, it comes down to them making money and not much more than that. And you've been sure. somebody that has been exposed to a lot of different teams and leagues and this and that. And each step of your career, whether it's in going to college, in college, and while you're in a transfer portal, and then now being somebody that has consistently gone back overseas, even as somebody who most people know could play in the NBA, but you know, you're going for something that's more guaranteed, something that has more financial benefits and things like that. And we'll get more into that as, as we get into the episode, but definitely wanted to make sure that, you know, that's something that, you know, make sure we're on the same page and, you know, you know where this conversation is going. So is that cool with you? Sounds good. Appreciate it. Sounds good. And like I said, bro, there's there's just a lot of distractions out there these days, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, this this conversation is is centered around always making sure you're making the best move for yourself, putting the distractions aside and really honing in on exactly what your options are, doing your research, and then moving forward from there, right? And before we get into that, though, I want to start with the very beginning, right back to your childhood, before the the professional career, before the all conference college career, maybe even before your 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 ESPN four star rankings in high school when you're just a just a kid growing up in Orlando and a little bit overseas while your dad was playing. I have to ask this question because it's a a staple on this podcast, but throughout your childhood, what were your hoop dreams? Um, Shoot. Definitely, like, it's two people I, like, really looked up to as a kid. Um, My dad, obviously. Um, Again, like, a lot of people can't, like, don't get a chance to see their dad play. Don't get a chance to see their dad play professionally. Um... Don't get to see their dad like level up in um, their career. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to be a part of that. I got to be a part of him playing in Venezuela all the way up to Spain. Um, 
Um, he started in Germany, actually. Um, started Germany, moved, went to Venezuela and Spain. So I got a chance to see the world at an early age. And I got a chance to see, um, my dad came from humble beginnings. Um, so I got a chance to see, like, he changed his life um, just through, like, a basketball. Um, so that I was up to that. And then, obviously, like, I'm a big Kobe guy. Anybody who knows me, Kobe Bryant fan. I'm tatted, got, like, a whole bunch of Kobe shoes, shirts, sweaters, like, jersey, all that. Like, I'm a big Kobe guy. Um, just, like, from a mental standpoint, talent standpoint, like, he's somebody that I, like, even though I don't play exactly like him, it's like I try to piece different parts of my game. Um, those two people that inspired me early on with this game. And where and where'd you, and, and then, you know, once you got that inspiration, where'd you see yourself going with the game or where'd you want to eventually end up with the game? Um, definitely as a kid, like, you, you see the league. Like, you want to be in a league, be an NBA player. <clears throat> it's probably some of the things is, like, achieving that dream. Um, it's bigger than the money at that point. Like, obviously, like, you care about being, like, it's cool to be famous have money, like be able to like do what you want, help your family out, buy your mom what she wants, stuff like that, all those things. But I think it's just saying like, I'm one of the best players in the world. Like being able to say that, like it's every kid's dream, like being on a video game. Like yeah. loved NBA Live, NBA yeah. 2K. Yeah. <laughs> on a video game, so <laughs> every kid's dream. I feel you, and, and you know, you ended up I, growing up, got into high school. By the time you got through your senior year, you were a four-star prospect on ESPN. How many how many different offers did you have coming out of high school? And how did you think committing to Coach Buzz Williams at, at Virginia Tech was going to help you achieve those hoop dreams that you just talked about and, you know, getting in, get into the NBA and and being on 2K? Um, I, I honestly, like, don't remember how many offers I had. I had a good amount. Um, kind of, like, started um, – what was my first offer? Kennesaw State. Um, got that offer sophomore year and, like, just continue, like, to be blessed and, like, have, like, a lot of schools, like, seek me out um, and feel like I would be a good fit for their team. Um, ultimately, obviously, I – I chose to go play for Buzz Williams um, at Virginia Tech. Um, the lead recruiter for me was um, Steve Rockerford. Um, he was at USF for a few years, had been recruiting me since I was, what, a sophomore in high school, had a good relationship with him. He introduced me to Buzz. Um, I just loved the way, like, when I got on campus, I got this, a chance to see, like, this guy's different. This program is different. Um, Although everybody in the, in the world couldn't see it at that point, like I felt like they had a group of guys, they, had a, they were building a culture that like it was going to change what that program was. And not to say that like, there haven't been like some great players that came from Virginia Tech, just being able to have a level of consistency, like, okay, this is like what this, the race level of expectation from that program, I felt like that was what the group was brought in to do. And I think we did a good job of that ultimately. Yeah, y'all, y'all absolutely did. I mean, y'all came in there and put some really, really good teams together. I mean, even I know you went to the NCAA tournament each year while you were there, but even 
And one of those years, y'all ended up in the Sweet 16. And your second and third year, at least your second year, you're definitely one of the best players. Your third player, your, your third year at, at Virginia Tech, you were definitely the best player. And you from 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 being that working in that conference at that time, I can tell you right now, you were at the top of everybody's scouting reports, and you were one of the best players in the conference, and one of the most talked about players in the entire country. Right. And coming into Virginia Tech, I think with you not being one of those big name guys, people didn't really know, you know, what to expect. Nobody saw it coming. Like you said, people didn't know what was being formed at Virginia Tech. But y'all always knew you bought into the culture that Coach Buzz Williams was, was building and everything definitely worked out, at least the way that, that you even expected coming in. Right. Sure. So your second and third season, your your sophomore junior season, you're you're an all conference player. I mean, you're having some big nights on big stages against big programs. At what point did you start to think, like, yo, my dream of becoming an NBA player is now more it's now more realistic than ever you know what what, what was going through your mind at, at that point in time and when did it really hit you um like for me personally like I'm like a quiet dude I'm laid back like I think soon as I played like my first college game soon as I like got a chance to like play some like bigger teams I'm like like as a freshman like 18, like you're just happy to be on, be able to be on the floor, help mm -hmm. your team win in whatever way, in whatever capacity you can. Cause like once you like had that first practice, you're like, oh, this is real. Like everybody's like big, strong, yeah. like yeah. he's 23 years old, like whatever. And I'm like mm -hmm. just 18. So it's like different. Mm -hmm. So mental gap, there's a physical gap, there's an experience gap. But like once you like practice, consistently play, play your first game, play your first conference game, play your first road game. Those are big, big time. Mm -hmm. um, you start to see like, okay, this guy's projected to be like this round. I matched him tonight. Mm -hmm. um, guy's supposed to be a McDonald's All-American. Like I, I, I'll play him. So like, he's just like, it's like a quiet confidence that you're building within yourself. Like just from how you work in every day, how like okay like if they think this about him like wait till I get my chance mm -hmm. um and I always thought I always thought like I was good um never wanted to be arrogant because I felt like I can learn from anybody mm -hmm. um I knew like it was like great players like that was maybe the focal point of our team like early on like we had Seth Allen we had Zach Day, like really good guys um wings like loaded wings like a lot of wings everybody shot over 40 percent so it's like how can yeah. you not have the ball yeah. got it Guard and Justin Robinson on my team, got a top 40 um, player and Chris Clark on my team. Then, like, that's when you get into Nikhil. Like, he comes in top 15, top 20 player in the country. So it's like, I'm definitely surrounded by talent. Um, then, finally, when my opportunity came, I took advantage because I was always like, I always expected that from me. Absolutely. And like I said, bro, Hassan has some really big games, especially your third season. It was your fourth year at the school but freshman year you were out, were out with injury so that that third season was definitely your breakout year and mm -hmm. you you started to see your name 
at least towards the the second round of the of the NBA draft in in, in some some boards. So after that season, you know, you had just graduated from from Virginia Tech. It was yeah. time for you to make the biggest decision of your life at that point. And, you know, testing the waters, going out, seeing what these NBA scouts are saying about you, um, giving them a chance to really see you up close and evaluate you. Mm-hmm. While also, you know, having a chance to get another year in college. Mm-hmm. Right. You ended up withdrawing from the draft and committing to UF, right? But there are a lot of pieces within that process that I really want you to, to kind of dive into. One okay. being, one being, you know, what were the scouts telling you at that point in time that made you ultimately want to withdraw even after, you know, having a really good all-conference uh, season in college? Because the ACC was the best conference in basketball at the college level at that point in time. And for you to be at the top of the charts in that conference is huge, right? And, you know, your performance backed it up every every single night. So mm-hmm. what were the scouts telling you that made you want to come back? And then another decision that I want you to talk about is that college decision going to UF, right? As soon as you entered the transfer portal, once you came back, you probably heard from just about every college in the country. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure your phone was blowing up, and and it really came down to two schools, right? Mm-hmm. Kentucky and UF, correct? And yeah, I want I want you, yeah, I, I want you to talk about, you know, withdrawing from the draft, and then passing up on playing for a blue blood. Because both of those decisions were, like I said, the main point of this this episode in truly making decisions that are best for yourself, right? Not listening to what the outside crowd might be saying, not listening to what the internet may be saying about you, right? You as somebody who's in your own shoes, could you talk about what, what your mindset was in that process um, in reflection to what you're hearing from the coaches and scouts? Um. So... Like, do like give you a little bit of more like background on it. Um, like after that season, we played um, Duke and Sweet Sixteen, like high horse. Like, like this is like one of like best historic um, seasons that Virginia Tech had ever had to that point. Um, so it's like definitely like a lot of opportunity with that, um, especially like with my name on draft boards, like you said. Uh, so at that point in time, my coach also was leaving. So, like. That like threw a monkey wrench into it. So it was like, okay, I had the opportunity to go test the waters for it up to a certain date. And then I have to either like say I'm coming back or like into the draft completely at that point. But also I was in the transfer portal at the same time, like you said, because um, my coach was leaving. I just wanted to see what else was out there. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like facing like two fronts at one time. I kind of, mm-hmm. um, for that time period before the um, deadline to return or go pro. Um, I kind of tried to focus more on the NBA side of it. Um, I, I got a chance to um, stay in a penthouse for a while down in Miami, train every day, like train with pros, train with NBA guys, train with guys who play overseas, train with guys who have been in G League, train with other guys who were like draft prospects. Mm-hmm. Real good time, um, real good experience. Got a chance to um, go like meet with a few teams. And um, a lot of teams like really liked my game, liked who I was as a person, like um, go through these different tests 
um, liked uh, where my IQ was for the game. Um, it was just more so um, my shortcoming has always been like athleticism. Like at NBA, like these guys are freak athletes, seven foot, <laughs> 40 inch um, vertical, run like gazelles, um, lean bodies. Um, so it's like it's those things. Um, and then I also had like a foot injury. Um, that was like a big asterisk um, that a lot of teams ask questions about, like kind of walk a little bit different, play a little bit different. But it's something I had adjusted to. Like you said, I had set out. Um, I had to redshirt one year because um, of injury. Came back, just played with it. And like this, um, something I've overcome since. So like that was one of the things that they were telling me. Um, go back, continue to build your body. Um, just build on like being able to guard um, laterally. So that's that was one of the things I focused on. Really keen in on my diet, really keen in on like how training, um, sleeping habits. Um, all those things, and I was able to, like, play at, like, the lowest weight I had played in college, even, like, lower than what I played in as a freshman mm -hmm. um, my last year at Florida. So that was um, – I had some really good people um, who helped me with that, like, with the nutrition and strength coach, um, our team doctors, um, trainers. So, like, those people all helped me. That was like, – and then that transitions into the next thing. Yeah. I mean, two – um, like you said, I had like virtually everybody um, calling me, like calling my dad throughout my process. Like my dad would call, <laughs> be like, "Dude, you got to make a decision." Um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, out to us, Kentucky was definitely in the mix. Um, I've been fortunate throughout my life to have some like key pillars that understand the game, understand me as a person, and always um, looking out for my best interests. But also tell me. Like, what's real? Um, um, I ended up choosing Florida, obviously, because I just felt like I liked the group. The group, I liked the unit that they already had, um, being that they had some veteran guys, older guys. And then they also had, like, a strong young core of guys who, like, are NBA-level guys, like Andrew Nemhard, Keontae Johnson, Noah Locke, um, guys that had already been in the mix heavily as a freshman. Mm -hmm. Then you add in guys like Scotty Lewis, Trey Mann, who were coming in as freshmen. Um, then you, you're thinking like, okay, this is a good opportunity. I can come in in somewhat of a leadership position already. Mm -hmm. um, strong core of guys that like also want to win. Also, like I want to get to a higher level too. Mm -hmm. um, coaching staff believing in me, close to home. This was my dream school as a kid. Um, it's like all these things aligned at the perfect time for me in my mind. And definitely it was hard saying no to Kentucky, hard saying no to Kansas, hard saying no to like all these different places, hard saying no to going back to Virginia Tech, hard saying no to my coach, Tennessee. Like these are all schools that was in the mix for me. And I thought a change of scenery would be good for me because like it was like a growth opportunity for me. Like, can I go somewhere else and be successful? Can I go somewhere else and challenge myself to do something that I hadn't done to mm -hmm. that point yet? Um, unfortunately, the season got cut short, so we never saw, like, the end goal of it. But definitely was a growing opportunity for me. And, like, just I think having those people in my life to help me make the decision, decipher what I thought was important, was important in making that decision. And at that point in time, could you just talk about, you know, talk directly to – 
the young hoopers trying to find their way that are tuning into this about the importance of having those people by your side that are going to truly have your best interests in mind, right? I know, I mean, for me, I do have your best interests, but I know I was one of those people who called you and said, yo, the Lakers need you. The, this team needs you. I wanted to see you in the league. I wanted to yeah. see you at a blue blood. I wanted to see you on the big stage. But you, mm-hmm. you know, you had other people telling you, hey, this is the way to go. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you, you always kept a tight circle, right? You always kept a tight circle, always remain loyal to the people who remain loyal to you. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, your decisions, like I've been saying throughout this episode, always truly come down to what you feel is best. And you don't just base it off of the brands, the names, the leagues. You base it off of what you're hearing from the scouts. Could you talk about mm-hmm. the importance of the people around you and how that really hone in on how that really helped you, you know, stay the course when it comes to always making the best decisions? Um, I just think I just got blessed with being around real people and like me just deciding like those are the people that like I most like I had the most in common with. Like I like someone who can like definitely like tell me like you're wrong, Kay. Like you're tripping on this situation, Kay. Or like like my mom, my worst critic, like yelling, like you you know, like getting kicked out. Kay's <laughs> there, like out of games. Tell me like you played like a sucker today. Like 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 that was embarrassing. Like like I know I, I raised you better than that. Like having that. And then having the dad that's gonna like hold you accountable to everything you do, whether it's schoolwork, basketball, um, whether it's like doing like chores, all that type of stuff. Um, so th- those are like like the foundation of who I got raised by. So it's like I I've been, always been obsessed with like keeping those types of people and like carrying their opinions to mean the most to me. Like, like you can listen to all the noise, like all the things that you see on Twitter, Instagram and stuff like that. Like it doesn't phase you because it's like the people that you're closest to are your worst critic. Like those are the voices that you hear. Um, so it's like, it made it easy for me to like lean on them when I was like really uncertain. Cause it's like a lot of options coming very fast. Um, I had to change mindsets from going, like, do I want to go pro or stay in school to, okay, now where am I going? And mm-hmm. 50, like, of the best schools in the country are, like, trying to, like, get mm-hmm. to a site. You got to think on all those factors, but it's, like, you got a strong foundation, like, nothing. You can make any decision. Um, encouraged me to trust myself. And they just gave me some, like, real advice on all these things. Made it easy. Absolutely. And you ended up making, you know, the decision that you wanted to make and mm-hmm. going to the University of Florida – and what's crazy is, you know, that that team came in with a really good recruiting class that season. Coach Mike White put together a really good group. And as soon as you committed in that preseason, they were suddenly ranked in the top 10. So y'all, so your, I mean, your, your, your movement was going to shift the projections of college basketball that season. I mean, you, you really, and then in that same same um, offseason, 
ESPN and Dick Vitale had you as a preseason first team All-American, right? So mm-hmm. everybody had suddenly had these extremely high expectations of you. But, I mean, you had proven that you were truly one of the best players in the country at that point in time, right? And like you said, the season ended up being cut short, so you weren't able to see the end result. But you still – the season wasn't as good as y'all thought it was going to be, but it was still really good. And y'all still had some some big games and big performances, especially you as an individual finishing as an all-conference player, right? Finishing as an all-conference player in two of the best three conferences in college basketball is pretty unheard of. And that's something that you 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 went in there and did, right? After that season at UF got cut short due to COVID, I'm back on the phone with KJ, like, yo, the the magic needs you. This this like like people wanted to see you in the league, right? And coming as a, as, as, as a as a projected first team All American, it's hard mm-hmm. to not think that you're gonna end up in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Season got cut short, and then you ended up deciding to play overseas, right? Mm-hmm. What what kind of happened during that process in the off season? What when you're hearing back from scouts? and coaches in the NBA yet again. And what made you end up deciding to go play overseas that first year being in Israel? Um, like my, the year I came out again, like a weird year for me. Um, this was the pandemic year. Uh, so going to work out for teams was different. A lot of um, like interviewing with teams was like through Zoom, um, just like having like two, three Zooms a day with different teams, like speaking with them, like sometimes a couple of times with each team. So it was different, um, different experience. Um, a lot of people like didn't have gyms to go to. So it was like it was up in the air what was going to happen, like um, even how the NBA season was going to be renewed, um, bubble and stuff, all those things. Um, when the season was going to start, if there was going to be a G League, it was all these questions in the air. Um, so a lot of people was like, Hey, like, what am I going to do? Um, for me, I decided to like just start my career and go um, play in Israel. Like you said, um, came into the season with a lot of projections. Um, a lot of, a lot more expectations than um, I had um, from the outside world before. Um, I had, like, the season I did at Virginia Tech. And for me, I felt, felt like I had – um, short sold myself a little bit that year. Um, so I wanted to um, take a year, go back, improve myself, um, improve in a new environment and take advantage of like something that was certain. Cause it's like, who knows? I didn't want to be the guy like I was like sitting around waiting for the NBA and like mm-hmm. that didn't start. Um, and it was a great space for me, a great opportunity. I spoke with my agent, leaned on my family and they said, um, if you believe in this situation, take it. NBA is going to still be there, still have opportunities to play in the NBA. So I took it. Um, being that my dad played overseas, I never had a negative connotation of like playing overseas. Yeah. Um, world, make good money, um, play the game you love. Um, just get a different lens on basketball over there. And, um, I think it turned out to like lead to a great start to my career. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of the NBA always being there, 
you're going into your third season overseas. After that first season, I, I, you you played, you had a you had a really good first year overseas in Israel. And yeah, yeah I, I like all season after off season, you're mm -hmm. definitely having more plenty of chances to come back to the US, at least get a summer league training training camp spot and fight your way into the NBA. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like you just kind of spoke about a little bit, the finance, the, the difference in the financial situation, the living situation, the cultural situation. People don't realize all the benefits that come with playing overseas. And I think mm -hmm. you've come to realize that firsthand. And that's mm -hmm. why you've continued to go overseas rather than trying to stick your way through the bottom of the NBA, through the, through the bottom of the NBA right? Could you talk about, you know, what your mindset is off season after off season, as I'm sure, like you said, you're getting, you could, you could easily push your way in, right? You got, you got the resume behind you. You got the names behind you, right? It's just, you know, you end up deciding to, again, make the best move for yourself. Um, I think it's just like knowing you, um, knowing what you value. Um, I understand like, Playing in the league is like a dream for anybody. Like, if you can do it, do it. Um, if it's right in front of you. For me, it was more so like I wanted to pay a path that like benefited me and like just me not like pay attention to what other people thought or like I get a chance to play basketball, um, live overseas in a free apartment, nice, nice, nice apartment, get to view new cities, new cultures, new foods. Um, the music. Um, shoot, I'm in Japan. We drive on a different side of the road. Like, yeah. a different world that, like, a lot of people just aren't exposed to. And, like, I get a chance to embrace all of that. Um, I get a chance to just, like, live out my dream just in a different way. Yeah. Um, really. Um, and I think everybody's um, opportunities are different. Um, do I think that I will have a good shot at like making a league? Yeah, um, I, I do. But a lot of the things that I found important, a lot of the things that like were important for my growth, like I got a chance to do overseas, and I like I feel like I found my niche. Um, definitely on a upward trajectory over here, and I, I like make my family proud first and foremost. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely um, embraced the fact that, like, I get to do something I want to do over here. Um, I think each um, each young player should, like, think about what they truly want for them. And if it's the NBA and, like, it's just only that, then do that. But also, like, recognize that there's other opportunities to make your dreams come true, make your family's dreams come true. And it's a big world out here. So, like, mm -hmm. don't um, – Try something different. It's yeah. the opportunity. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's 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 big. You know, really, really doing things that's that's best for you, right? Because, I mean, we spoke about it before. I mean, with this nil stuff. Gee, <laughs> I mean, you you can be you can be a millionaire in, in middle school if you want to now, right? I mean, there there's just a lot of distractions, especially with the regulations right now, pretty much mm -hmm. being non-existent. 
you know what I'm saying? You 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 can make money in any kind of way. You can you can be used in any kind of way as well. You know what I'm saying? And, and there and I feel like nowadays with 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 social media and all these things coming up, there are, there are many more ways to be used than than ever before, right? Absolutely. Could you talk about? You know, we we can kind of wrap it up with this, but in your last words, could you talk about? You know, at least speak directly to them to these kids coming up, looking for ways to, you know, get an early start with, with their decision-making, right? They want to, they want to make money at an early age. They want to go ahead and start going to the, to the best schools, play for the best AAU teams. They want to go ahead and start setting themselves up for a future with the game, right? Could you talk about, you know, what their mindset should be as a whole when approaching these situations, you know, taking the evaluations that they receive seriously, and really mm-hmm. keeping the best group of people possible around them? Um, I think with like so much coming at these kids, honestly, and like people in general, I think it's important to understand what you value, um, not what other people's values, not to be persuaded by like the first, the shiniest thing that's in front of you, not always going for what seems like the easiest route is, but like what you value, what fits you. Um, everybody's path is different. Um, everybody's tendencies are different. And I think understanding you is the best way to make all of these decisions. Um, I think I like it, just even a small tip that like a lot of kids can like do. Prior to these evaluations, tap, like write down, like jot down, like what do you think is important? Rank, like what do you think is important? Like what should these like, organizations what should these colleges be saying what should these um companies that like want to sponsor you sign you um what should these social media outlets um do for you um tally what you think is important like do well i choose the school based on location okay tally that like that and like rank that and like level is important or play style important is the amount of money i can make right away important is the amount of followers I'm going to get important. Like, it's different lenses that you can look at it, but, like, truly evaluate yourself, truly evaluate, like, what's going to get you to where you want to be at the end of the day. Like, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. How, like, what is going to get you to there? And mm-hmm. if you can, like, do that, I think it makes the process a lot easier. Um, having people around you to help you make these decisions, um, like, true people that are true for you, like not someone that just like is a take, take, take person, but some people that invest in you mm-hmm. like all the time. And like yeah. there's a genuine relationship. You yeah. got those things. Think like no matter what you do, you're going to make the right decision at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Hey, those, those, those words are invaluable, man. And, and hearing that from a pro, that could really do whatever he wants at this point. <laughs> you can go to the you can go to the league. You can you can play overseas. And I know you live in Lavage overseas right now. And I know you're enjoying it. And like I said, bro, is it comes down to you making the best move for you, right? That's the kind of lessons that we that we're teaching in this episode. That's the kind of word that that you've been preaching. And a lot of people will be able to benefit from this at all levels, right? Whether they're first picking up a basketball deciding to go to a college or, or deciding whether or not to go to the league or, or go overseas. So the audience definitely appreciates the words that you said. I definitely appreciate you for hopping on. Hopefully we can get you on at, at, at another point, 
But sure. yeah, that I'll, yeah, we'll we'll let you we'll let you go ahead and get ready for this season. I know things are getting started up soon. Good luck with that. And, and thank you again for joining, bro. Appreciate you for having me in this right. podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we could be superstars. Super grammar.